trying to make it right These people won't let me go I'm just trying to live my life I just need space to grow I'm just trying to make it right These people won't let me go Let me grow, let me go Let me grow, let me go They should know, they should know They should know, they should know I'm just trying to live my life I just need space to grow I'm just trying to make it right These people won't let me go Welcome to the Tea with Brie. I'm your host, Brie. Thanks for listening. The Tea with Brie podcast is focused on deep, honest, and vulnerable conversation. Each week, I sit down with a different guest in order to have those conversations. Every week, we'll start with my guest's bio and intro to how we know each other, and then we'll go into a deep dive conversation about whatever topic they bought to me that week. This week, I am joined by my guest, Marvis Dixon. Marvis uses he, him pronouns as an army veteran and self-described people person with a love of community and a passion for diversity and creating space for change. Good morning, Marvis. Good morning. How are you? I'm so good. I'm so excited to chat with you this morning. Thank you for making the time at 10 a.m. on a Sunday. <laughs> you know, usually I'd be uh, trying to get up from a groggy night, but I think I'm, I'm fine this morning. I think you're thriving. I feel like we're, we're doing great. I know I went to bed very early last night. So I feel like my brain is like overslept. <laughs> like well, I, too I, much did, I did. I did the opposite. So oh, I went no. to sleep very late, but I was stuck watching uh, the boys trying to catch up. Oh, see, I've heard that show was great. I just I'm not I don't do gore and I don't do violence well. So I feel like it's not <laughs> for me, but I love like action hero superhero i'm actually catching up on this season of the flash that just came out which is like one of my favorite shows so i'm there but i'm not there (laughs) okay we'll we'll get you there real quick i know i was talking to daniel about it she's like i feel like it's not for you like it's very violent i go i feel like you are (laughs) correct some of the scenes i seen uh last night in season two i just was like oh wow yeah yeah, I'm in the process of like starting a new, I feel like we're going to go back into quarantine. So I feel like I need to start making a list of shows to watch. So, well, don't jinx us. I'm not jinx. We're in stage five. I just need us to be realistic right here. Yeah, I understand. And our, governor's trying, and our governor's trying to kill us. So here we are. Um, for those of you who don't know, and you know, it's probably most of you, Marvis and I met because family business beer company where he works, um, was doing a project with Austin Justice Coalition, which is where I work. And we met there and we've been like chit-chatting ever since. And so mm-hmm. when I was looking for guests, Marvis filled out the, filled out the form and I was really excited because I feel like the topic you picked today is like very up my alley and I'm ready to just like talk about it with you because I feel like it's, it's one that isn't really talked about it's definitely something that can be ignored if you're not paying attention to it so why don't we just jump on in all right let's do it so we are talking about beer because obviously um but more specifically um being an advocate for black is beautiful which marvis will talk about later um and wanting to like be more involved in austin and how you know he's been doing a lot with beer and talking about beer and then also your new podcast that is coming out too so yeah let's start with describing like what black is beautiful black is beautiful is 
in my definition, um, I, I'm not going to say the technical definition, but uh, Black is Beautiful is an initiative started out in Weathered Souls Brewing in San Antonio, Texas, by Marcus Baskerfield, brewer there. Um, it's um, it's a statement. It's a movement about supporting uh, social injustice and people of color that's been done wrong by police brutality, killings, um, and um, it's very serious. I don't think uh, many people realize what's been going on, not just in the past year, um, more like in the past 10 years or even more, we go back in history, you know? And I think now Marcus put a, a shed, a, shed a light that opened the door for people to see what really is going on. Yeah. Yeah. I, and I think about like, I had no idea who, who he even was when this first started. Like I had heard about like black is beautiful, but then to learn that a black brewer was the one who came up with this idea in a time where one black people are continuing, continuing to be killed at an alarming rate by police. But then also it was during the year of like the uprising around George Floyd and Breonna Taylor. Um, But then also having worked at breweries and sometimes being the only black person working in a brewery. And, you know, one of my really good friends, Era, who's been on the show twice, we met at a brewery. She works at St. Elmo and we met because she's the only other black girl who I've seen at a brewery and how it was so important to me of like, you know, coming from the Northeast, beer is really big in Connecticut and Massachusetts, but moving here and not seeing or hearing any conversations around beer and like not being not knowing who to go for for questions and answers and how just having era there really changed my perspective of it. And, you know, now having done work myself with St. Elmo of helping them to diversify their staff and talking to the folks who work with Pink Boots, which I've talked about before on the show of, you know, women in, in breweries um, and, and diversifying beer. I feel like his, it, it can be a very white male run <laughs> market. Um, Mm -hmm. so that was, I think that's also what drew me to you that day is like to see another person of color in a brewery was just like, okay, we, we have a, we have a space here, which I think is something that is so quickly overlooked. Yeah. And, and it's, um, um, I think a lot of people were kind of amazed by it, you know, um, to think about me beforehand, before even moving to Austin in 2015, um, I was in the military. All I knew was like Bud Light, the regular stuff. You know, I, it was Bud Light, Coors Light, Corona. And, you know, I moved to Austin, met a couple of friends. They were like, hey, you ever been to this brewery? And, you know, going in there was weird because it's like, hey, man, you know, I'm the only black person in here. Mm-hmm. And they just would be like, yeah, you're OK, you know. And to now me working in the industry, it's not it's not uh many of us here in Austin I think I can name maybe 10 and it should be way more you know Mm -hmm. and I don't it seemed it's for me it's I wouldn't say it's disturbing but for me it's it's kind of makes me feel some type of way like you know I've done events to help Marcus promote Black is Beautiful in Austin it's like I'm somewhere and all these people of color pop up you know 
but any other time that I go and I, you know, I go back to all the breweries that support Black is Beautiful and just say thank you and hang out and it's nobody. It's me mm-hmm. again, you know, but the difference is, is that they know that I put, put my foot down in Austin to, to stand up for something instead of just being quiet about it. I really think about like, that's how a lot of my activism started too. Like I come from a very involved family, like from walking the civil rights movement to up until now, like my activism started when I was five and doing marches with my family and how a lot of the time I was just told like, take up space, show up. It is okay to be the only one there because people seeing you would give them permission to be in a space. And so I think about that too, of like, like I said, seeing you that morning at family business and like, okay, there's another person here who I can go to and ask questions to. And, and like you're saying, you, you being there invited other people there, or at least let them know that another person would be there that they can ask questions to. Right. Cause beer, I don't think people understand like beer can be very overwhelming. Like if you don't know, it's, it's overwhelming for me, trust me. <laughs> like if you don't, like, if you're like, you're saying, if you only know Bud Light, Coors Light, you know, all the, like those kind of mainstream lighter beers. Um, but then like you get to go in and try different things. Like I am a sour and an IPA sort of girl. And I think everyone thinks I'm always joking, but like, no, I love an IPA and not just like being hipster or like uppity about it. I'm like, no, I legitimately like it. I'm like, I know I don't like stouts. They're not my thing right now. Um, but like to be able to say that now and like five years ago, I wouldn't even have known what that meant. Right. So being able mm-hmm. to educate myself and, and do it in a way of like, I worked at a brewery for like two months just so I could learn what it meant. Like I had a friend who worked at Black Star Co-op up here and I yeah. ended up working there for like two months just to kind of get an immersive immersive experience <laughs> into, into beer making and, and being able to go out and like tell not only people of color, but also like my female friends, like my other girlfriends who are just like, I'm going on a date and I don't want to like look stupid. Like what beer do I want? Like we will do, we could do flights. We can go out and try things like just yeah. being afraid, just like trying to take that fear out of it. Like if, I, and like you're saying, being a black person and having to navigate another space, you might feel like you're unwanted. It's like spot on. Yeah. And I never felt like that um, in general growing up. I mean, yeah, you had your moments with people like, oh, you just another black kid in school, yeah. you know, but um, as far as like, I've always been able to walk somewhere in, into a place or something growing up and just be like, okay, I can talk to this person just randomly. Even, even now me walking in the stores, you know, saying hello to people. It's just, just me doing a kind gesture, you know, good morning. How are you? Hey, how are you doing today? It's nice outside, you know, but then going into a spot and people are like turning and like, is he Mm -hmm. supposed to be here? You know, in the beginning, when I first moved to Austin, it kind of, kind of rubbed me the wrong way. And that's before I was actually in the industry. You know, I, I didn't um, get into the craft beer industry until family business opened the first weekend. So for me, I've always been a customer until the point where family business had opened. And then I realized, I was like, man, I was am I the only person of color here. Mm-hmm. But they were, they, they, the staff at family business is great. They're wonderful. I don't feel, I don't feel like that there, you know, because we all seem to click. We're all like a family. We don't, we don't see it as uh, like that. You know, sometimes it's, you know, people think like, Hey, are y'all, all y'all really family? We're like, yeah, mm-hmm, we really are. But I don't feel that way at family business. And then after that, once I started meeting more friends in the craft brew industry, 
I could see the change myself because I can remember before I would go to these places and I wasn't in an industry and they would treat, treat me kind of different. Like, well, just pick something, man. You know, mm-hmm. I don't, you know, I was like, what do you think? You know, I met, I think one of the first couple people I met in Austin, the crappier scene was uh, Freddie from Pine House. Mm-hmm. And then I continued that, you know, that, um, that was the person all the time I would go to and he would tell me about the beer and stuff like that. And then once I got in the industry, now people were like, Oh, you work here. Oh yeah. Hey, let's try this new, this instead of like, it, it was a totally different shift once they, once I was in the craft beer industry and um, fast forwarding to now. So if we, or not now, if you fast forward to like a year ago when black is beautiful started um, totally different now. I think it's because more people have respect for me because I've had boots on the ground constantly last year. I don't even know how all the time for black mm-hmm. is beautiful to support Marcus and weather soul. Yeah. I think about that a lot of, of the amount of people who like love you. And that's just like via looking at like all your Instagram stuff of like, you show up and I don't think people understand like how that's the main source of like activism wealth it's just showing up and and it could be like you're saying anything you're passionate about you were passionate about black is beautiful and making sure it was in every brewery here in town right and and showing up as a person of color as a black person and creating that space and, and building a community that way um I think about, like you're saying with, with that family aspect of like where you work at family business, it is, it is very important to have people who are allies in this work. And I think that's where it really sets family business apart is that y'all are very committed to community, right? Like mm-hmm. even out there, like for those of you who aren't familiar with Austin, dripping is like on the outskirts of Austin, like you have to drive out to it. Um, and so you're not sort of like in the middle of like all like the other breweries that are like actually in 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 town um but I think y'all show up so much in very different ways for for things that are happening in Austin like you stay very well very aware between like you and Gino and Daniil and um you know having been friends with her for years and how like she is very aware and very dedicated to the work and I think that really trickles down into what makes y'all a different brewery um and the commitment that you have to community and so for you to be so supported and for you to feel like you have that sort of support and backing to be able to go like I'm gonna go out and do these things and then like okay great and then like you're saying building community with with these other breweries because I it's been interesting living here I moved here in 2016 and coming from the northeast I grew up in a very big diverse pool um could see a black person every five seconds where I grew up um and here it could be like up to five days it's getting better like I see way more black people now in the last like six months um and I think it's because Austin itself is growing really rapidly um but then I also think it's because of the work of like activists like you and myself and other other folks who are out there trying to remind the city that black people live here I think a lot of the time Austin confuses being progressive for being anti-racist and that's not the same thing um and so I think like there's the way that different activists kind of get in there and have these conversations and the work that you've been able to do with black and beautiful is, is activism is bringing that to attention of like, we 
are here. We exist. We are taking up space. We're doing it unapologetically. And here's how you can support us in making it very easy and feasible for them to do. Yeah. And it's um, something that's dear to my heart about. And I think, you know, I've, I've caught some hate with this. You know, people don't believe me when I tell them. But, you know, I've caught some comments, you know, you know, you're doing this just to be famous or you're trying to take credit for something else, you know, that someone else is doing. And, you know, what people don't realize is that I communicate very well with Marcus and Kim at Weather Souls, you know, um, and some of their staff I know, too. Also, it's like they know what I'm doing. Right. You know, I don't I'm, I'm not I'm not saying that I created this. I'm supporting them. Um if there was more me in every state, I bet you this thing would be way bigger, you know, in every city, more support, you know, and I'm not saying discrediting any of anybody that has supported Black Beautiful. I salute everybody that's put their hand in to help, but we could, we could have did more better. We can still do more better currently. And, you know, it's no need for people to throw um, shade at people or, be rude to people just because they feel maybe um, that they didn't do enough. So instead of they didn't do enough, so they want to, you know, send hate mail or make comments, you know, I, I just wanted to stand up for so, well, something was right. And, you know, here we are now. Um, a lot of people don't realize last year during COVID, other than Black is Beautiful, I was in college full time working. I work at Target too. I don't think I told you that. Yeah, mm -hmm. I work at Target too. So it's like I've do ninety five percent of the stuff with being an activist and um, and supporting Marcus and them has been on my free time, where I'm getting off work, rushing to a brewery. I'm I'm getting off work, rushing to talk to people. I'm getting off work, doing this and that, or go back to back to back events. And I don't think people really understood, like, at the time until, like, later, they were like, oh, and they actually talked to me mm -hmm. instead of instead of just messaging me or in the inbox or, like, send something to me or wave while I'm leaving. They actually stopped me and talked to me. And they're like, dude, like, you need a break or, like, is there nobody else helping you? And, and yes, so, you know, I had Shannon Harris with urban jungle brewing. That's a good close friend of mine and very close friend of mine that I met right before, you know, the shutdown with COVID and everything going on and me and him, especially him as he's been doing this for a while, you know, he's been talking about diversity and inclusion for a while. And he opened my eyes a lot on what's going on. Like, don't, you know, don't let people just talk to you in it. And, and at first I kind of was like, huh, maybe, but then once I started like stepping back and like really thinking about it, I was like, you know what? He's right. And that's, that's where we are now. As far as like, um, I don't feel I'm not tooting my horn when I go in these places, but I know I don't have to worry about going to a brewery and have to worry about anything because I I've just supported as many breweries as I can uh, with black is beautiful. And even those who've asked me to come and hang out and, bring the flag to their events and stuff like that. So it's, uh, it's very humbling to know that people care about what I've been doing in Austin compared to the ones that really don't know. Yeah, I, 
I I identify with that so much. I feel like that's like the quickest way to discredit a black woman is like she's angry, she's loud, she's all these things. And then like that is their way of trying to silence me and put that in my head. And so like you're you like you said with like all the hate and the pushback, it's like it has nothing to do with you. You're just making those people uncomfortable and you're challenging their their how like their comfort you're you're making them pay attention to a thing and I think we saw this a lot last year right like people being very aware of like racism and having the conversations and having to get uncomfortable and having to really challenge their way of thinking of like it is so easy to just discredit versus to listen and learn mm-hmm. and having to constantly push back and like you could just listen you can just take a minute to not be defensive and know that I'm not trying to make you out to be the bad guy I'm just trying to point out a uh, a thing that's not coming to your attention, point out a place that is, for lack of a better term, that is also ableistic language, but like to point out a blind spot, right? Like a thing you're not aware of because you've never had to be aware of it. Privilege, racism, you know, all these different things. And so like you're saying, it is, it has nothing to do with you. It is all the the pushback you're getting is because people are uncomfortable. Um, I do want to circle back though, and like talk more about the Black is Beautiful, because it's a whole campaign about it, right? Like every brewery has this beer and like do proceeds from the beer go to different things? Like what is, what is the whole like premise behind black is beautiful? So black is beautiful. Um, all the proceeds hundred percent towards anything dealing with social injustice or nonprofit, uh, supporting, you know, you guys at Austin justice coalition, you know, my brothers at hundred black men, Austin, well, hundred black men is all over and I just, Austin, there's one in San Antonio, there's a chapter in Houston, outside of Texas. Um, um, the other organization, African American Youth Harvest Foundation, is another one here in Austin that I've uh, donated money to with my collaboration with Moon Tower Cider. So the, the, the thing is that they brew Black is Beautiful, um, they print the labels out, and 100% of the proceeds get sold. Now, you know, going back to that, because a lot of breweries, there's some breweries that did a little pushback and didn't do it. You know, that's fine. Um, but people are watching. That's what I always say. We, we know, we know you, you can stay not doing it if you feel that way, cool, but I, I'm not going there. That, that's, just, that's just me personally, because if I had the time the, the all the breweries in Austin that brewed Black is Beautiful had the time that did it and they decided not to. I, I just don't know, you know, um, the words to describe um, what to say to them. Um, but also, you know, you know, they just promote it, you know, promote the people to come. Um, I know you've seen, you know, there was a uh, run group beer garden run that did the Black is Beautiful 5Ks. I participated in that. I did three of them in here in Austin and one in Dripping Springs. You know, and if you look back at that, because people, they just, you know, some people jump in and they don't like go look at my posts and they're like, oh, you just did this, you know, that was your first one. And, you know, if you go look back, um, the Black is Beautiful 5K that I did first here in Austin was with me and one person, my good friend, Paige. Um, I went from where I live off 620 to the boutique that's in Cedar Park, 
And then I went from there to Redhorn. That was like 13.1 miles. Because I wanted to support that I knew that the boutique supported Black is Beautiful, but then Redhorn at the time was uh, the first brewery that was brewing Black is Beautiful in our area. So I, I actually went beyond the 5K, you know? So I did that one. I did one in an actual Cedar Park. <clears throat> I did one downtown, downtown Austin on 5th and 6th Street, that whole circle. And then I did another one in Dripping Springs on Jester King's property. So going from one to 12 people to 20, 40 something, a hundred and I think it was like 104 people at Jester King. That says something, you know, that, I mean, more people need to realize that this isn't like some some hoax or uh, we're you know people of color just doing this to you know be popular and and be known. No, this is what's going on in life. This is something that Marcus wanted to put out and um, you know show his support in a different way, and that's where we're at now. You know, and I just wish that uh, we had a little bit more support from other breweries that didn't do it, but maybe they don't know. You know, maybe they, they aren't educated on um, fully of what's going on or diversifying their tap room. But uh, I, I have a lot of love for the people that have supported not only Weather Souls, but uh, all the people of color, women, women in beer that have uh, been pushing for diversity and inclusion. How do people like join the Black is Beautiful campaign? Do they have to like? sign up do they have to reach out like you're saying like there's breweries who like decided not to do it is that and obviously that was the decision they made but like like you're saying yeah. what if there's people who don't know but want to get involved in it so they can they can go to blackisbeautiful.beer and if you're a brewery at the bottom of the list there's like a a form join black is beautiful and it's a you know pretty simple fill out lists what brewery you are when you expect to drop it but other than that if you're not if you're not a brewery you can make it go to your local nonprofits that's supporting uh anything with social justice or a nonprofit organization dealing with uh people of color and donate your time raise money for them to give you know let them know like hey my name is uh so and so and i'm raising i want to know if i can raise money to give back to you to help the community and then that's another way to, you know, I'm doing this because I want to support Black is Beautiful. I don't know, you know, let them know what it's about. Let them know why you're doing it. You know, I think one thing that um, the, the, um, give a lot of credit to Shannon Harris is that he's always told me like, hey, just don't give people a blind check because you never know, you know, they, you know, let them know what's going on. Invite, invite them to what you're doing, you know, and, and you know, enlighten them, talk to them uh, about what's going on, what you've been doing for the community, because they want to know that. They don't want you to just, uh, hey, I gave you this. You know, you might give them money, but th they may not support beer in general. But maybe once you explain what it's about, then they have a different aspect of why. And they're, they're more likely to be like, oh, OK, that's cool. Yeah. And then also it's like 
the to the breweries that didn't do it I'm always just like the optics of it like like you're saying people think the people who are doing black is beautiful specifically black people like looking for fame and it's like no we're just trying to make you pay attention and I feel Mm -hmm. like beer is such an easy in for a lot of people like you can be like try this beer and like oh what is this like you can have a whole conversation about it and like talk about what you're doing but yeah I I took note of that too of like the breweries who didn't do it and I was like well why is this like it was literally just if you're going to make other beer what's another what's one more right like what is that's what that's one way I look at it like what is one more beer to you number one number two mm-hmm. clearly it is about the message and not the beer itself exactly um and also paying really close attention to that because like I obviously like, have my favorite breweries that I go to in town and so for me that was like a very big like okay like you're saying I clocked it I noticed it and and going forward from there just being like that is such, that was such an easy in and an easy thing to do specifically last year like I know we were dealing with a shutdown and you know I know aluminum canning was you know mm-hmm. aluminum can- like it was um it was hard to package to go beer last year. We also got to go beer. Like we got like the crazy. Like, like, yeah, got the okay to do to go beer for a lot of breweries. And you know, that I can understand. Like it was a packaging thing, maybe, but clearly like this is a choice that all of you who didn't participate made. And like that goes back to me and like my activism brain of like trying to make the city more equitable and inclusive. Like you couldn't even give that nod to black people people of color people who are allies to these communities that like it is okay to be yourself here like that's like my brand then like goes out to that of like you are not willing to create space um so that was another that's another thing that's like in my brain right now of just like this was such an easy quote like quote unquote win for y'all and you and, and they that. didn't even and the, the, the even make it even uh even worse is like they didn't have to brew the beer they could have made a donation somewhere. That's it. That, that's it. That uh, if they would have made a donation, mm-hmm. cool. But there's other ways that we can get them involved, and that's something else that I, you know, that you mentioned earlier about my the unity and beer, um, the podcast. That's something else that I'm working on. Something else um, currently brainstorming about trying to amplify Austin in a different way because we need to focus on our city too. You know, mm-hmm. we need to we need to focus on the diversity and the um, inclusion in our city outside of Black is Beautiful. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Because it's more than that. You know, that was the that was the kicker right there. Black is Beautiful. And he decided not to. Now, I think what I'm working on. It's not, I mean, I'm not saying that it's going to work. I'm not saying that it's going to be the fix, but it's something that I want to do to um, bring everybody together. You know, if it works, cool. If it doesn't, cool. I'm still going to keep doing what I'm doing. Yeah, I'm really excited about your podcast. Um, Mostly because like I want to have a list of people I want to like send to you to like, hi, have them on to talk about this. Cause I think you guys would have like an amazing conversation. Um, but too, like I was saying before, I just think beer is like such an easy thing to get into, like air quotes, easy. Like there is 
some type of beer for everyone. Like even if you don't like beer, I promise you, there's like one beer that you will try that you mm-hmm. will like that eventually. Like you might have to give it some some trials and errors, but I promise you, <laughs> there is something out there. And and I think you know having a way to make it accessible for people. Like, like I said, with era, like era was a black woman. I saw at a brewery and I was like, great, I'm going to try it. My friend Roger is a man of color who I was like, okay, great. Like we can go in and I can talk to you about beer. Um, And like, and then I worked at black star and like, I've done work with St. Elmo. And so like, I'm able to send people there. I'm like, if you want two breweries that I know will take the time with you to try out beers, if you're like really nervous about it, here you go. Right. Um, So I'm excited for this your show and, and highlighting the diversity in beer. Cause I like beer is a very white industry for me. Um, and I think you're going to create a beautiful space for people to have these conversations. Well, I appreciate it. You know, it is out there, but, uh, I'm kind of on the testing run. So I kind of <laughs> just been, so what I've been doing is I've been, uh, I've sent it to people, you know, close to me and just be like, Hey, listen to this. You know, I just got a text while we were here. Somebody said, uh, <laughs> it's funny. He said, starting off with Denzel Washington's speech was gold. It was. I thought it was a great monologue. You sent it to me. I was like, oh, you got me with Denzel. You had me with the concept, but you got me with Denzel. I was like, great. <laughs> I'm, <laughs> I am in. You're like, I'm in. Done. I'm in. Just dusted it off. We're all, we're all here already. Um, I... Thank you so much for chatting with me today. I feel like this was a really beautiful way to talk about beer and activism and all those great things. I will be sure to link all the things in the show notes, including your new podcast and Black is Beautiful information. Um, But at the end of every show, I like to wrap with the question, what is the best advice you were ever given? Or what is a piece of advice you would give to your younger self? That's a good question. I have many. I have many. They're great. Uh, the best advice I've been told to my uh, always has been from my dad that he always says one day at a time. Like you can't you can't fast forward a week. You can't go back of what you already done or messed up in life. You just got to go one day at a time. And what I would tell my younger self is. Um, Stand up, you know, stand up more for what you were, you know, watch your surroundings. Because I think when I was younger, like I was that innocent kid, you know, the innocent kid that thought everybody was your friend and this and that. And sometimes I feel like that way now, but still I would tell myself like, hey, some of those people that don't longer talk to you no more, they were really your friends. And so now I just uh, live by those two, one by, uh, uh, one day at a time and uh, constantly watch your surroundings. That's it for this week's episode of The Tea with Bree. Be sure to follow us on Instagram at The Tea with Bree. Send me an email at the tea with Bree at gmail.com and visit the website, the tea with Bree podcast.com. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. A special thanks to Mama Duke for our theme music, and I will talk to y'all next week. Bye.